it is time for, uh, what do we call this class? Kingdom 101. See, I have so many different things to say. I was going to say, biblical solutions to Kingdom 101. <laughs> Kingdom 101, that's what it is tonight, or it's, it's uh, transitioning into the next phase or the next class. But welcome, everybody, to School of Supernatural and Prophetic Ministry, or Prophetic and Supernatural Ministry. Depends on which letter of the alphabet we're going to put first. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee, and we are live here at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California, where our zip code, if you want to write us a letter, is 95131. If you want to come visit us, we just gave you the street address. Our telephone number, if you want to call us after this broadcast, is 408-945-4439, and our website is www.astoundinglove.org. Again, Astounding Love, a global church fellowship. So we welcome you tonight. As we enter into the different conversations that we're going to have pertaining to the kingdom or kingdom life, I want to start with prayer. We have a few different things that we're going to do tonight. Because I have the beginnings of some people turning in book uh, or written assignments. As we're, this is like the final phase. Um, unlike a traditional college where they have like one night is finals night, I basically give you like finals month, and <laughs> you have this entire month to like turn stuff in to me, let me comment on it and send it back to you and then we'll keep doing things or get it back to you and we'll do things like that so that uh, you'll have a really great finished uh, project or product and you automatically pass the class. If you did the assignment at all, I'm not your, uh, I'm not the one grading this anyway. So, and I love teaching. Lord, we thank you for tonight and I thank you for corrections and the different aspects of being a part of your kingdom. I thank you for the truth of your word, the entrance of which brings light to us, and also brings understanding for the simple. And boy, do we ever need that. I thank you for opening things up and training us, teaching us, leading us in the way that you want us to go. You're guiding us with your eye. You're showing us how to prosper. You do all things. I thank you tonight for the spirit of God that is speaking and that there are more and more ears, spiritual ears, that are open to hear what you, what it is that you have to say. And I pray that we are within that number, that we continually are listening for your voice as we hear the various chatter from different places going, that there is an onslaught of your word, and which is not chatter, but it is intentional speaking. And we bless the name that has been given to us for our authority and our power, and it gives us superhuman uh, status, and that is the name of Jesus. We thank you for our teacher, the one that empowers us, Holy Spirit, you are here. Father, we thank you that you are the orchestrator of all that is good, all that is great, all that is God, all that is you. And we look for you in this conversation. We look for the way that you think, and the way that you speak, and the way that you lead, and guide, and direct, and change, and heal, and make hope in Jesus' name. Amen. So turn to Psalm 130. Psalm 119, forgive me, verse 130. The longest one. And let's just look at the next phase. And I'll probably use some of it as a discussion point. <coughs> Excuse me as well. But this is one of the things that she quoted, or paraphrased me always quoting. So I looked it up today and just thought, because it, it, it's such a fun scripture. It says that the entrance of your words give light, and it gives understanding to the simple. 
And that's such a lovely thing. Well, that word simple is like the silly people. <laughs> that's really what it means. It gives understanding to the silly, the, the naive, the foolish, and even the ones that are open-minded. And isn't that an interesting thing? We're not closed-minded in the kingdom, but we're not open to everything being true. We're open to everything God says as being true, as being true. We're not open to the deceptions. We're not open to the wiles of, of, of darkness. We're not open to those, those other things. And so he gives knowledge or he gives understanding to the simple. And that word understanding is, is it's intelligence. But, you know, I, I think about this. And because, you know, I like, most of you know this about me. Some of you joining us on various forms of media, this may be news to you. But I like things that pertain to intrigue and mystery and uh, things of that sort. And so when I read that it gives me intelligence, I think of it maybe differently from uh, the, the typical way of defining intelligence as, as having that ability to, to formulate, let's look at that word real quick. Open the dictionary, then that's fine too. Did you say 119? I did say, you're just getting there? Well, no, I, have, I, wrote, I wrote down <laughs> yes, 119. Psalm 119, verse okay. 130. There's not 30 scriptures in there. Yes, <laughs> 130. I know, typically you're used to saying like the 15th chapter and the 9th verse, but I said 119 verse 130. Um, so the word intelligence, and I'm sure it's going to have part of that definition, but it's reasoning. It's the ability to learn or understand or to deal with new or trying situations. This is according to Webster's, Merriam-Webster. The skilled use of reason. And the ability to apply knowledge, here it says to manipulate your environment, or to think abstractly as measured by objective criteria. Huh? The ability to formulate things to go the way you want, it's mental acuity. The ability to use your brain, I think is a, a lovely, simpler way of putting it. That's what typically is defined as intelligence. But when I think about God, giving us intelligence, it says gives us understanding, then what I think about is secrets, information that helps you to solve mysteries. Intelligence as in you would see in a spy movie or something where you have the people that are with the threes or the fours as I refer to them, the different letters, you know, they're a part of a society and they are bringing you intel. Information about what is going on the intelligence that you need to be able to defeat your enemy. That's what I think of when I think of intelligence. So when somebody says, well, you're very intelligent, it's like, am I giving out too much info? What do you mean I'm intelligent? I, I don't think of myself that way. I, I, I used to have that attributed to me, and I'm certainly not trying to dumb it down, but I don't really war opens. The light comes on. And it gives me the intel, even the from the way that I looked it up. It just was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm just quoting half a scripture. <laughs> That's never good. You just quoted half. Yeah, I know. Well, give us the other half. Okay. So the entrance of his word gives light, and it gives understanding unto the simple. Yes. Or it provides intel for those that have a need 
to know. Now that's very governmental, isn't it, sir? He gives intel to those that have a need to know. Okay, I'm not going to write my own Bible, but uh, or Bible translation, but I think that that probably that was just a nugget. That is yummy. Okay, <laughs> so uh, let's see what else do I? We're gonna I'm gonna open it up for questions tonight. And we're going to reference some different things because we're going to be transitioning. And I'm going to give you an option. Uh, well, let me put it to you this way. I'm going to pre present a few options to you over the next month or so. Because I was like, do we continue with this school or do we move on and, you know, do something else? And if I went by one thing, I'd say forget about it. But I feel a tug on my spirit that says don't quit yet. You know, God never says quit. But, you know, don't quit and because this is going to grow. So I thought, okay, then various people meet up over uh, uh, sitting with me when we, we're going to change the style. And this is my preferred, per, preferred format. That's what, because I was about to say preferred permit. <laughs> what that means. This is my particular preferred way of teaching is when I sit. I, I don't know if I just because I read that when the rabbis, when they began to teach, they would sit down. That may be part of it. It may be because when I stand in pulpit, I usually wear higher heels so that I can see over the top because I'm, I'm, I'm not challenged by height. But some of those podiums are very high, you know. And I think my favorite thing that I'm gonna, we're going to go to at some point will be a teaching desk, you know, a standing desk that I have a higher seat. Of course, the seat can't be too high because I seem to have an issue with getting horizontally. I've been horizontally challenged for a long time, and we're ending that too wide. So <laughs> we bring that in and stand a little taller or something. Okay. So I've, if you have questions from Sunday, or um, I want to kind of touch on some things Dr. Baker touched on last night because it touched on things that we talked about on Sunday. And so I want to bring that back into the conversation, and that really particularly has to do with asking God how you look. And we're going to do an activation tonight. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> I've been listening to Christmas music all day. <laughs> uh, the vocal cords had not been used, and they're like, so do you still sing? It's like, I do still sing, and I'm going to sing whether you work or not, so I think you should work for the sake of the people around me. All right. Um, anyway, so you can get some questions or if you have those type of things. And I'm going to post questions to you as well. So I wanted to share that. And I want to talk about something else. Uh, here's what I have in mind coming up over the next couple of months. One thing is you, uh, we all saw our, our Minister Al caught off guard and having to do the offering. Or not having to, but getting to do the offering on Sunday. So he's going to start... Um, teaching of certain things and then he's going to teach from testimony. Wave at me, son. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Because see, that's it. And I, I want to say this too. As I was reading through um, Miss, I like to call you Miss Constance. Now, okay, Miss Constance's uh, questions and stuff, there's areas in here where there's testimony. And that's what I'm going to I'm going to be challenging you on to pull more of that out because you got a book in here, and I'll, yes, you do, and it, it's a teaching resource. And so I want to help you to develop that. And you're going to come up with something that is so good that Diana will sell it in the bookstore. Oh, yes. 
She's always looking for new material. Okay? So I'm just letting you know, you've got it. It's in here. I can see it. So I prayed, I've been praying like, okay, help me to bring this out. And that's actually what I, when I do work as a uh, editorial consultant, my best, I'm not area of um, ability to, to be able to help others to say what they need to say because I listen and I can find it. And so what I, my job is just, I, as I put it, I help you to come up with something somebody wants to read. And I have a special grace sometimes to be able to read stuff that you just, your eyes just freeze and you go, oh, this is really bad. And I've had clients like that. It's like, this is really, really bad. But, yours doesn't count in this, but there's, um, but there's something in it that when we bring that out, man, they've got something great to say. And so we can get rid of all of the fluff and pull out the part and help and they develop that. And um, I have one in particular, former client in particular, I'm really proud of her. She is like shot up and shot up and shot up. She's published and she's published again and she has a publishing company and she's a, uh, she does public speaking and she does seminars and, and this and she's doing something for the city of San Jose. I mean, woman is just on fire. And it's a tremendous, I mean, she, I learned from her now. She learned from me, but now I learned from her. Mm. Isn't that cool? Yes. Yeah, I think yes. it's amazing. Yours, I'm happy to say, was not that I sore kind of, oh my gosh, you know, kind of <laughs> said, she was a judge? You're kidding. Thank God it wasn't like that. <laughs> it's not like that at all. It, and here's how I can prove it to you, because you don't see a lot of markups. No, not a lot. I, I use purple, but there's not a lot. Of, there's not. A, see what I mean? Do they have to be turned in tight? Yeah, I want them tight. I have to read them. How else are you gonna oh. do them? Oh yeah, get to work. You got a month. Okay, you have until like the, uh, you have a month from tonight. Yeah, <laughs> she'll be the first one to be finished. Frederick, and Fre I have to give Frederick and Carlita and whoever is going to do it from long distance time to mail it to me. Or fax it to. I'm, I'm okay if you. Um, uh, well, no, because I don't want to print it. That's the problem. I have to write on it. So you have to mail it to me. Uh, at least you have to mail me your first draft and your last draft or your final project. You will have to mail um, in between. <clears throat> no, I, I know what I said. I said mail. <laughs> it's this interesting place called the post office where you go and you can take things and put them in envelopes and put a stamp on it that says forever and stick it in the mail and it will go from one destination to another and that's what they will have to do for the first draft and the final. But anything in between, if I'm working with you long distance um, or you know, even with you, any of you, when I'm working with you after I have your initial printout, then I will work with you back and forth on your typed document. We can just email back and forth because I have all kinds of editorial stuff. And so I can, you know, mark it up the way I want to and send it back to you in Microsoft Word form. Okay? So, um, yes. It's I mean, I'm a real teacher and everything. Uh, can I bring you an apple? Can you bring me an apple? No, unfortunately, I can't eat apples anymore, and I do miss them a little bit. But you, you can always bring me almonds <laughs> or avocados. Avocados. Avocados are good. Okay. <laughs> well, here, there's another thing. I was walking in disobedience. Um, 
I had started modifying, I, I ended up with so many instructions on the food thing, I started changing it because I should be further along physically than I am. And I, what I found was, you've been disobedient. I, it was, it was the, uh, another word we're gonna use. I was walking in, in, the, in, in a darkness of caught ignorance. And I, was, I have been doing things that were not, are not right for me. Compromising on the kind of food I ate. Oh, well, you know, it's this, that, the other. It's different when we're traveling and this is all you got. But when you come home, you don't continue to do what you did in that scenario, you understand? And so what I started doing is is changing the plan. And you can say it was unintentional, but it was intentional unintentional. Meaning I, I knew what I was doing, but, but did not think, but what you're doing is not what you're supposed to do. There's a way that seems right to a man, but at the end of it is the, it leads to destruction. And so since my plan is very simple and I modified it, I complicated it, and that's called disobedience. And anytime I walk in disobedience, I can affect you or infect you. And that is not my intention. Mm. Plus, I don't want to die, and I don't want to be seated. You can't be a pastor anymore, at least not here. Or you can't, you know, all the things that would have to be done in order to protect you. Okay? So I really am responsible. You better... Consider that because when we lead people, we're supposed to be following Christ. Not leading you to disaster, not leading you to, uh, wow, dude, what a mess, what happened? <laughs> well, leader, did you intend, well, I must have read the map wrong. Or <laughs> Which with me, yeah, that would be true. Do not give me a map to read. I don't know. I've never learned math reading. I never did. I, if they had a class on it, I skipped it because there was a time in high school I just didn't show up. I showed up in the morning and I showed up in the afternoon. But everything that happened in the middle, I didn't know about. And I still passed. Yes, I did because I was smart. I was stupid, but I was smart. <laughs> Those those uh, 1970s and 80s Harlequin romances, man, they taught you everything, geography. <laughs> and I literally would pass tests sometimes in school from some kind of fiction novel that I had read. Isn't that sad? Okay, kids, don't try this at home. <laughs> and college students, don't try this at home. This was a bad example, okay? I have to tell you that because I'm responsible and I don't want you to Flub it. Okay. All right. So, oh yeah, which uh, explains why, you know, the classes where they were teaching you to be ambitious or to have a thought of something beyond this part of the game of life or monopoly, I didn't learn all that. It's a sad, sad commentary. Okay, we're over that. All right. So... <laughs> I, 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 I hate, I, I'm, I'm finished with having my life be the example of what not to do. That's the problem, kid. Okay? I am over that. We, 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 we came, uh, like the boys to men would say, we come to the end of the road. That's the end of that. We're done with it. I prefer even to say, I read the story or heard the account of uh, Catherine Coleman. 
And after she had entered into a relationship, a marriage that was not right, and all the different things, she literally, I think it is, walked out of the hotel or apartment or wherever she was. I think it was in Los Angeles. I, I don't recall right now. And she walked to like a dead end. And in, when she got out there, she came to, for her, it was the end of herself. And she said, Catherine Coleman, you may have heard this quote, Catherine Coleman died that day. What she was saying is, my personal self-will and the way that I want to live my life, I have come to the end of that, and, 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 she, and I died. And that's where I am, is that all these things that seem like such a great idea lead to destruction, I'm over it. I'm really over it, okay? So any place where I've um, made a mess and it effect, infected you, we're gonna get those infections out. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Got it? Our lives matter and our decisions matter. Um, I speak from a pastoral perspective, but it doesn't matter. You see, whether, regardless of who we are, when we're discipling someone else, the decisions that we make for Christ are the decisions that we make. And those are the only decisions that we make. Because of, we're not going to decide for, or uh, decide for is as an old-fashioned expression, which means you take the word for out, and you just say, I decide Christ is the way. That's what I'm, I'm saying. That there is, once we make that decision, there is no other decision. There is no, um, people say, well, I have to keep choosing him, and that is true. But I keep choosing him as in, that's my default. There's no reset. Um, okay, well, I chose Christ, but now we've come to this. Now I've got to decide if it's going to be him or not. No, the decision is one that is, is all the way. And so that's my, I don't have a, I don't have a um, option B. When we die, really, to him, to, to these things, to, to the ways that we've been, then I think the option B button goes away. Because it's either yes or yes. It's yes. Period. It's not even an either. And that's total immersion. Total immersion is the decision to choose him in everything. Well, it just went deep. <laughs> just like that. But again, I, I'm not a, you know, I, I heard the Lord say, I see in the dark. And I thought about that, and my response to him was, then I'm going to quit doing things in the dark. Because if you tell me you see in the dark, you're telling me I'm in the dark. I don't want to be in the dark. The entrance of his word brings light. And this simple mind all of a sudden gets the intel necessary <laughs> of understanding. That's the word stupid. Okay? Yes, ma'am. Um, th this is really deep. Because I, I, I think I was quoting you when I wrote that. And I never saw it like you're describing it. It never occurred to me 
even when I've read about the Lord seeing in the dark, that that would be where I would be, that he was watching. So thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Well, we thank Holy Spirit, because I it just hit me. It was just like, he said, God says, I see in the dark. It's like, okay. Ooh, that's not good. I mean, it's great that you see in the dark. But it isn't cool that that's where you see me. I don't want to, I told you. I, I, you know, I say things that can sound kind of fluffy. I don't mind. And one of my comments recently, I've said it for like two weeks now, is I decided I don't want to be one of God's problem children. I very seriously do not want to be a problem child. Oh, you know that girl there. We pray for her constantly because she just, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the conversation of the relative power so-and-so. And everybody gets that look of concern. <laughs> well, we just keep praying. I don't want to be that person. I've decided not to be that person, and I believe that I'm surrounded by people that have decided the same thing. So that when there's an issue, our names don't come up. It should never be, oh, there was a fight, and this happened, and that happened. Who was involved? Oh, yeah, of course, don't even tell me. I know who was there. And then they name you. So I figured he or she was right smack dab in the middle of it. That's not the person that I want to be. Was there controversy? Yes. Oh, must have been her. You know, you can feel people's judgments. And, and you know, you can be like a defiant teenager and just <laughs> do a Diana Cardaway kind of thing. <laughs> and give them a, a quick, okay, you know, um, response as she used to do. And, and I, it's just funny to me because I like the way... You can be very smart, Alecky. Not you now. Not now. You're different. But but she when she tells certain stories about things that she had done, it's like, wow, that was such a smart answer. Stupid answer. But very smart. You know, like smart mouth. Which I don't know why they call it smart mouth because it's really stupid. He's got a smart mouth. When he says stupid things with it, when is the smart mouth gonna come into effect? Because so far I guess the brain didn't catch up. And sometimes that happens. You know, I spoke things in the brain when I got there. Did, what is that thing I posted on Facebook? It shows a picture of Jean-Luc Picard, which was Star Trek, Next Generation. He's, oh my dear. What was it? Oh my dear, what were you thinking? <laughs> you weren't thinking, were you? Oh, oh honey, no. And that's what he said. Oh honey, no. <laughs> no. No honey, don't, don't. No, honey, don't, don't, don't put that out there on, on social media about yourself. Oh, honey, no. <laughs> Which I think is hysterical. Um, it's like, did you mean to tell the whole world? Well, no, I was only posting it for a few friends, but I didn't know how social media worked, and I went viral. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, intelligence, the ability, the intel, kingdom intel, insights. God's wisdom, God's knowledge, God's understanding, God's way of thinking, God's thoughts, the sort of ideologies and, and um, you know, what we're cultivating, getting, making our own, taking hold of, all those different types of things. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> I said all that as the middle of what I was saying, which was Minister Al will be joining me at some point, and he's going to uh, begin to 
start talking about finance. And he's going to share stories and accounts because he's, been, he's being given assignments that are going to cause him to prosper. And because he's going to see financial miraculous things happening as he applies the principles that he's being taught, is going to open up vistas of ministry um, in terms of healing and evangelism and different things of that blatant disobedience. Be called on um, about my own, about walking in disobedience is also places where I've walked in ignorance, where I, I, or I, I failed to push through and go for it, you know? Go, go for the obedience with, like I'm running a race and I want to break the tape. Obedience is not passive. And if you are passive about obeying, you will end up back in disobedience. Okay, can you see that? If I, whatever I'm passive about, what will eventually happen is that there'll be like, you know, something that will come in, infiltrate, if you will, and it will start to pull me back. It'll be just one little habit at a time. You know, the, the old crabs in the pot where the water is cold, and then they start to heat it up, but they heat it up so gradually that by the time somebody realizes, uh-oh, we're in hot water, they're also cooked. Well, that's the thing that compromise does. Um, compromise always leads to disobedience. Compromise is hand in hand with disobedience. Because as soon as you start to compromise, you, your, our brains, you know, there's something that's being pulled out of us. And that's the will to obey. Because it's being transitioned to the will to get along or just have peace at whatever the cost. And we start trading away our stand. It's just trading. You know, um, I, I, I've heard, I think, uh, Prophet Beverly uh, say everything is a trade, or Apostle Henderson said that. But so I've heard people say that, and I can see where it's so. Where I traded away, I gave away what I had to take what I did not need. Okay? I don't need what Satan offers. I read stories, as you know, <coughs> excuse me, about individuals that find themselves in, in scenarios where they end up getting killed or killed or, or killed. Yeah, killed it. They die. Because they made poor choices. Murder, I don't care whether the person was just, you know, they chose to, to do something, but, but taking another person's life that way because you want to, it's not a right. I don't care who it is, I don't care what, you know, because you want to. I, I heard a, uh, a Texan soldier, uh, Sheriff, the sheriff or mayor of a, a small town in Texas, as they, uh, by the time they apprehended a criminal that had, uh, he had killed, I think, about 12 people. He was very bad. He was very vicious in his murder, and, and it took a lot for them to find him. I can tell you it is, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to point towards those things. I'll tell you off camera. But at any rate, when they were interviewing the man on the on the program. 
He said, you know, when you get to a point where you go and do this, he killed, he ended up killing a pastor and his wife. He killed uh, a school teacher. He killed uh, uh, older people, younger people. And he would also then take, go through their whole house, take some of their food and eat it and just do whatever he wanted to do. But he, his, his, the murders were vicious and awful. And then he disappeared by way of train. And so finally, they found out who he was. And they found out the things that they needed to know to be able to catch him. But this one small town where they thought, hey, he's already struck once. He won't strike again. He's probably gone. He struck again. And the sheriff had this horrible feeling. Like, I told my people it was okay. And we it wasn't in the same town, it was the next town over. And so they were interviewing, they go, yeah, um, they found out that, uh, you know, he, he was, in one county, they did not go for the death penalty because they said, okay, you give, you know, they made a deal. But one of the things that I think is so interesting about certain parts of law enforcement is that we'll make you that deal in, in Santa Clara County, however, <laughs> You're also wanted in this county, and they don't have a deal on the table for you. So whereas we will give you life in prison or 500 years in prison, they're giving you the death penalty. And since your crimes were committed there first or whatever, they have jurisdiction, you're going there. You're not going to spend your time here. And so the man said this, though. He said, you know, when you get to a place that you can just do, enter in and do this and do this and do this and do that, and he listed some of the stuff. He said, you need to go. You just need to go. That was his way of saying death penalty, need, they need to take you out. They need to put you to sleep because you need to go. Now, that's not a thumbs up for death penalty. That's not a thumbs down. I'm telling you what transpired, and the man is long since dead. He, they they uh, his his appeal thing went through faster. They said that particular county was known for taking you through the process, the process faster. <laughs> he was gone within five years. Out of here. Okay. Did he deserve heaven? No. Did he deserve hell? Of course. Where did he go? I don't know. But would you have prayed for him in the light of everything that he did? In the light you would. In the dark, you would not. In the dark, you would say, go to the devil. Just go. Get. You need to leave, and you need to go. But yet, Jesus died for him. We go, well, I know. And when he's in his grave, I'll tell him about Jesus. <laughs> I'm not telling him a thing before he gets out of here. Well, then you're in the dark. We don't have to like it. You know, and his said, you know, I didn't go around uh, killing people. I didn't go around kidnapping babies. I didn't go around selling people. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And, and so forth. All I did is ignore God my whole life. So why would I have the same punishment as these people? Because you committed the same crime. You see, what is it? You did not take on the life of Christ. And that's what people go to hell for. They don't go to hell because they are murderers. That's almost like what you call the 
the side dish, it's because of what they did not, they rejected Christ. The Bible says, this is scriptural, go, go to Mark uh, chapter 16. Because I can hear, imagine, somebody's like getting upset with me. I didn't write the Bible, but I love but I just, I, but I sure do believe it. In Mark <coughs> chapter 16, <coughs> excuse me, verse 15, Jesus said to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, the gospel, the news of the kingdom. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. That's Mark chapter 16, 16. Verse 16. Chapter 16, verse 16. He that believes and is baptized. Uh, washed, if you will. Shall be saved. But he that does not believe shall be damned. That's what sends people to hell. They don't believe. You can claim to be a Christian. You can go to church every uh, every week. Some people say, well, I like to hang out. I'm not a Christian, but I like to hang out with Christians because they live good, clean lives. This was in the older days. you know. But I, I've heard those stories that say, my testimony was, oh, no, I, I went to church. I went to church every single Sunday. But... I didn't believe in Jesus. I just liked being around church people because they talked nice. They kept themselves clean. Uh, they had good morals. They were pretty much upright, good people, good citizens. And it was better than hanging out with the folks at the bar because I got you know, robbed a time or two. So I just preferred to hang out with the Christians. I could put up with a little bit of that preaching. The singing was pretty good. And they did a lot of good feeds, food, you know. And so, yeah. But, no, I never believed in Jesus. I just liked being around the people. And then they would die and go, you know, I've, I've heard stuff of that sort. And then they would say the person was 97 years old or something like that and on their last legs. And they would come, and, and the preacher felt uh, impelled to, compelled, I should say, to, um, to give that call, even though they knew every person in there. And this person came, these people would come forward to receive Jesus and then die, not too long thereafter. But uh, they would be in church their whole lives, but yet not be born from above. And that's still true today. There's a lot of people that go to church for social reasons or because they were told to, because it's a habit. And, you know, uh, people, oh, we got to get the millennials. I don't know about the millennials, but I do know uh, about um, young people and old people. I, I, this whole generational thing, the generation that you're concerned with is the generation of individuals, regardless of their chronological age, that do not know Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to limit that to those that are of my daughter's age or generation or those that are young, but it's, it's whatever age they happen to be. Somebody could know the oldest citizen, they're 119 years old or 110 years old, and Bessie has never ever been set foot in a church or done anything else or wanted to have anything. To, well, he has blessed her with long life, but he wants to give her eternity. And, and at this particular point, if she says, nah, I just like smoking, cussing, and drinking, I don't want to have nothing to do with Jesus except, you know, that, that sweet sister down the street that she makes one of the best apple pies I've ever had in my life. 
And I like when that church person comes to visit me, you know. They ain't going to get me. They almost got me, but they're not going to get me. I don't know why I'm talking about this. But <laughs> this is so, I don't have any notes, but why am I talking about this? Somebody watching, you need to hear this, okay? Dude, I don't care how old you are. The truth is that God loves you with an everlasting love, and if you die without him, you're damned. Period. And I don't care how many good works you do. That, that, that goes for us too. I mean, that's everybody. Nobody, oh, well, you're a preacher, so you should automatically, you, that's an instant pass to heaven. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. And the Bible tells you very expressly, you shouldn't even want to be one of us. Because you got a high price to pay. You got to keep airing your stuff in front of people. <laughs> you got to tell folks, look, I just messed up again. I'm, I'm, I brought myself to the altar. I have repented, but I was crazy. I was just an absolute fool. I surely was, and I did this, and I, that's probably why I like to see. I like I come from someplace other than California sometimes because there's so you know just good plain speaking like the folks from Texas where where Sharon comes from. So you just I think I have relatives from there too. But he that believes and is baptized is saved. But he that believes not shall be damned. All right. Well, other things we're going to have, and then see this verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. And this is where we're going in our next phase as we're phasing out of this part of Kingdom 101. That, we're, that in his name we cast out devils. We speak with new tongues. We take up serpents. You don't have to literally take up a snake because um, I'm not going to do it. Nope. I, I would not do it. I, I tell you. Okay. Um, I'll shoot it. Yep. I'll cut out the tent, and, and if they drink any deadly thing, and I'm not going to purposely drink poison. No. Okay, it shall not hurt them. But do you see the supernatural, the superhuman power? Because, listen, there are people in, in, in countries in, in, all over the world where snake charms and, and taking up serpents is something that they do. That does not make them a follower of Christ. So you can take things out of context and come up with some kind of squirrely doctrine that doesn't have a thing on the planet to do with eternal life in Christ Jesus. And that is not what we're talking about. But this is the first I like, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And we're putting that to work. Yes. All right? I'm going to put it to work on a few of you, because I've had it. <laughs> and I don't need your faith to do it. Okay? We're going to talk about healing. And that's something where each person, as, as we progress on, is going to be doing some things in this class where I'm required you know, to do supernatural works. And then come back and talk about it or bring the person with you. And that's just, because we're going to grow the class, but we're going to grow the class by doing what he said to do. All right. Um, so, pardon? Amen. Amen. He said, okay, so that they shall recover. Okay, questions before I move into the next thing. <laughs> come on, come on, ask your questions, even from Sunday. I do want to talk about that. I had a question about what you were talking about earlier and the total immersion is a decision mm -hmm. but you were also talking about how it's also a, a daily or moment to moment decision Yes. so you, you, you make the decision 
that your life is not your own. Yes. Um, but then you have to, um, how would you describe that? What you need to do constantly to make sure you stay on that line. Okay. I'm actually working on slides on that for Sunday, but <clears throat> let's, let's look at it this way. The, the, the scripture tells us <coughs> excuse me in two different places right um, let me see if I can find one more here first thought that comes to mind for me to say this is going to sound kind of funny I don't mean to be cheeky um, but is once you've totally immersed you don't dry off Okay, you don't dry off. Um, we've been bought with price. That's what the scripture says, right? First Corinthians chapter six is one of the uh, scriptures that we can look at, um, where it talks about our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in us, and who we have received from God, so that we are not our own. So. First Corinthians chapter six. Let me go over here. Uh, what is it about verse thirteen? <clears throat> let's look at um. Let's go up to verse twelve. First Corinthians chapter six. Look, yeah, let's look at verse twelve. Um, the scripture I want is verse nineteen, but. He said here, all things are lawful for me, unto me, but all things are not expedient. Okay. Um, I like the Amplified on this one. Everything is permissible, allowable, and lawful for me, but not all things are helpful and good for me to do, expedient and profitable when considered with other things. And this is just like I'm talking about making a decision or finding out that I was compromising in, in, in health. I'm eating, which is slowed down, even though I go to the gym and do this and do that, but I've been slowing down my progress because my obedience has not been fulfilled. And I do want to look at that scripture uh, in, uh, to talk about that, when your obedience is fulfilled, how powerful it is. But it's all good. Everything's lawful for me. But I will not become the slave of anything or be brought under its power. And what does that mean? It means that I don't become subject to bad behavior. I don't become subject to things that are harmful for me. I think most people, they think about addictions and, um, you know, uh, 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 alcohol or the, the typical bad stuff, right? However, being self-willed. And being stubborn about it and saying, I will, I concede to a certain point. It's like coming into church, I think this will give it to you, and, and, and saying, yes, I'm open to doing what God is saying. The slides were amazing. It opened my eyes. And Oh, that woman that was sitting in that pink chair with the things that she said and this, that, it just, or what I heard on this 5 a.m. prayer call. Yes, it's just totally changed me. It works for me. And then you, so you go on about your life. But then something else happens, and you default to, your default is set in a, in a world's response. Yes. You never speak to traffic. Yes. 
You talk about how bad it is. I speak to traffic. Period. I, I you know, it's like, oh, it's just bad and it's going to take. No, it's going to open up for me. It's going to open up for me. No, you're going to be caught in it, and it's just, no, I'm not. I, that's not my conversation. You default to what you know because you've become knowledgeable about how evil works and you speak, continue to speak evil because you know, I know I've been living in this valley for X amount of years and this is always the way it is this time of year it's always like this, it's always like this and that's just the way it is and you just have to get used to it I think of people that are um, I know them uh, by reputation or by, I've encountered them on occasion and they have sicknesses, they have illnesses that they control. They say it's controlled. I control the pain with this medication. I control this with this. You don't control the pain with the medication. The medication controls you. You don't control the pain. The pain controls you. The pain tells you at this point, you better take the medication or I'm going to act up. So you go take the meds so that the pain will not flare up. But the pain told you. It gives you a, a spasm and you go, oh, I better take my medication. So you're controlling the pain? No, you're not. The Bible says we control the pain by speaking to these things that are not from God with God's word. Do you understand? So the immersion is such, it's like I can do anything that I want to do, but some things it's better for me not to do. But what I do instead is I get ticked off by how limited I feel because I got rules. And the rules just drive me bananas. This is what somebody might say. I just hate being on a diet because it controls everything. And it da -da 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 -da. No, sweetheart, being a glutton controls you too. Because you never get enough. And you eat it and you eat it and you eat it and you eat it and it makes you sick and you're laying there. And that's what it was like for me when I used to eat sugar. And I, I not sugar is one thing. I don't I just don't bother it. I don't want anything to do with it in those in, in certain forms that it comes in. And so I leave it alone. I'm not a I'm not a oh sugar's evil and I, that's not Let's just say that after 40-something years of eating it steadily, it caught up with me. Okay? It was, and, it, and honestly, it showed itself 20-something years ago. But I didn't say, oh, no, no, that's not what that is. Why? Because, you know, we got to have the dessert. We got to, we got to, and I'm, I like dessert. I still do. I found different kinds. But then that's not the issue here. But what I'm saying is my body was, was uh, responding negatively to something that it was giving me a signal this is not this is you you got to get control of this or it's going to control you are you with me so far yes. by your words by your thinking because in those days it was oh okay i got to go to this <laughs> oh i used to do this um, let's, let's mention a, a, a typical takeout meal what what would it be what what would typical Chinese. Huh? Chinese. Chinese. Okay, pizza. give me something else. Pizza. That's pizza. Okay. 
All right, let's say, okay, so here's your menu. So you're gonna have pizza, and what else are you gonna have? You're gonna have pizza and chicken. <laughs> give me a simple meal. The whole meal. Just give me this, the, the components of whole meal. Fries. Cheeseburger, fries, and what else? What am I drinking? Milkshake. And a milkshake and an apple pie. Okay. So here's how. Now, how do you typically get that? What do you do? You walk into or drive through, mm -hmm. and you order a number whatever combo. Correct? Right. No, sweetheart. That's not how you do it. What you do is you find the neighborhood that has the different places that you need to go to. And you go to this place for the hamburger. The jumbo cheesy burger, ultimate. Then you go over here for the fries. Then what you do is you go to this place for the shake and this place for the dessert. Because you don't like I like this person's this, and I like this person's, this restaurant's this, and I like this place is this, and this person's this place is that. So if I'm gonna have this meal, I'm gonna spend about 30 bucks on a... <laughs> riding around. Riding around between my gasoline, my time, and so forth, and to do what? To make myself sick. Because by the time you finish, and you feel obligated because the burger was $7, the fries were 99 cents on the big menu, you know, the shake was whatever it was, and this was this, you know, and it's like, oh, I don't really like the pie, I like this one over here, and then I might go by that chicken place, you know, because for, you know, because they have this, this one little thing here that's really good. Well, what am I saying? I was being, this, I used to do this, I actually did do this, you know. Uh, I buy this donut from this place, but this place got the cinnamon rolls. And in this place, I actually had to even teach a certain restaurant, uh, donut shop. I taught them how to make my donuts. I taught them how. I said, "This is what I want." And he started making them this way. And then he started selling out on them because he came up with something that he had never heard of. And he put it out early, and I wasn't there. And somebody else came in and said, "What is that? I'll take it." And he put another one out, and somebody else took it. Next thing he knew, he got something new on the menu. I came in there. I said, you don't have I'll make you one special. And he did. And then I would come. I came in a year later, and the guy's like, hey, where you been? You know, where you been? I said, but you've been selling them. Yeah. I said, I got another one for you. And I gave him another. I said, and I'm not even charging you for this, but these will make you money. And he's still in business. Okay. <laughs> So if you ever go to this little place over in Pleasanton and you order a cinnamon, a maple cinnamon roll with coconut, that came from me. <laughs> and he made a very good one, I will say. But it, but can you imagine the amount of sugar? That was poison to me. That was the beginning of okay. The headache, the nausea, the this, the that, or the other. and But you don't think it because it's just so good. So what does that say? And, and I mean, it could be anything. But what am I talking about? I'm not talking about the evil of donuts, cinnamon rolls, or, or any of that kind of stuff. Because I can recreate the flavor in something else, okay? No, what I'm talking about is when you use your imagination to create something that is so destructive to you. Your imagination, which is your ability to create 
money-making ideas and amazing breakthroughs and, and healings and things for people. But you're still caught up in darkness. You're using your imagination to create things that will ultimately destroy you. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This was not good for me. Me. Okay? And oh, let me tell you why. Because I did not do anything in moderation. No, honey, it's a big cinnamon roll. And it's got lots of maple frosting. And coat that sucker with the coconut, okay? Put it in a box, a little bakery box, because we're not going to put that in a bag. If you put it in a bag, you got to turn the bag inside out and swipe off all the frosting. So what I'm saying is that I was extravagant. I, I went beyond self-control. Do you understand that? The, the, the propensity towards gluttony, towards overeating, um, I, I mean, I took it. I took it. I took it to the finish line. I took it places it had no business going. Oh, no, I didn't have to eat a whole cake. I ate the donuts. Give me three. One for now, one for later, or two, you know, this and the other, and possibly one for rain I'll never have. <laughs> <laughs> this was about five years ago. But do you understand what I'm saying? That it was finally listening to the Spirit of the Lord saying, it's poison for you. He didn't say it was poison for everybody. He said, it's poison for you. Because you are not controlling it. It is controlling you. Now, I just described total immersion into a bad habit. Committed to it. I mean, I'll serve that supper so nicely. I'll go to five different restaurants to get a meal. I'll create things of this sort. See, do you see my total immersion into self-destruction? Everything I thought pertained to what I'm going to eat, how decadent can I make it, um, how much money can I pull from this or that or the other to, to go and do this, all of these different things. It was my, the way I worshipped the devil, even though I don't claim to belong to God. Okay. Would I do that today? No. I laugh when I think about it, because it, to me, as I talk about this, this is absolute madness. Yeah. But I truly did do it. And yet, it has been a few years. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Um, so now, it's Okay, no, I don't do that. But what do I do that he does not do? What is it that I do, my practices of life, that he does not do? Those are my areas where I'm dry instead of immersed. Can you see it? It's the things that I think that God does not think. The way, and it's how I think about things. The thing that we did, we had to run. So, you know, you do 100, I don't recall what we did 100 of, but we did, a, oh, jumps. 100 jumps on a plate. So you have to jump 100 times on and off, on and off, on and off. A, a plate is those, you, when you see somebody doing weightlifting and you see the weights on the ends of them, you know, the, the big round things on the ends of the weights, okay, those are the plates, they're, they're put on. So we, we had 25-pound plates, 
and we are 35 or whatever size, and you just had to jump on it, jump on and off of it 100 times. After you did that, you had to go run. And then you come back, and then we had to do 80, whatever the 80 was. Then after we finished the 80, you had to go run. Then you come back, and you had to do 60 of something else. I think it was, yeah, push-ups. And then you run out, and then you come back, then you do 40 of something different, run, come back, and then the last one was 20 of something. And then you run, and you're done with that, and then we move to the next thing. And so somebody made the comment, because I'm sure you understand, he's trying to kill us. <laughs> I said, no, he's not. See, I made that mistake yesterday. I actually asked him with the kind of thing we had yesterday. I said, are you trying to kill us? And immediately wanted to slap my mouth, hand over my mouth, like, what did you just say? Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, no, no. That's not the right. That Jesus would Are you trying to kill me? No. And, and then he goes, no. And I said, well, you are. And then I thought, okay, you're just making it worse. You just need to go home. And so I said, no, you're not killing us. You're killing the fat cells. Yeah. He said, yeah. I said, okay. And so today when the lady goes, he's trying to kill us. I said, no, nah, he's just killing the fat. And, you know, like, yeah, wow, this is my great, great, faith, faithful statement. <laughs> Jesus would never said that. <laughs> because it doesn't line up with the word to say what the world says. Oh, they're trying to kill us. Oh, my gosh, we killed this, that thing. This, da, 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 da. Speak, death speaking, death speaking, death speaking. That's what I'm talking about. Always talking death. No, you're right. You're not trying to kill us. He said, I'm not trying to kill you. It's like you're regular, ordinary. Oh, this physical challenge is such that this is the secular thinking. And you're worse than you of that part of, uh, yeah. So the thing that came to me was that as you were talking, you talked about, you know, how much, you know, you said so, so much affected you, you know, that what you said, that you're trying to kill us or they're trying to kill us or something. Well, you see, this is something that I find myself to because I thought when you were talking about the traffic, don't speak to the traffic, you know, it's just terrible traffic today, I can barely get. And I said, okay, Sharon, I called Sharon, told her I'll be there in about, you know, about 30 minutes. It took me an hour, it's like, but I didn't want to speak to the traffic, didn't think about it, because I was so busy complaining about it. <laughs> and then, I mean, but you know, and I know to speak to it when you said that, I said, yeah, I should have been speaking to it. But I'm telling Sharon, you know, I, I should have been here, I can't believe it took me an hour to get here. Well, I not one thought, you know, just speak to it a little other way. And, but I do speak to traffic. And I do say, Sometimes. Yeah, yeah but sometimes. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes. Not good enough. Not good enough. When I heard you saying that, it's like, well, I know to do that, but I didn't. Right. So, so that's what... So connect to that, you know, how do we... How did that get... Or what, how did that get by me? Okay, remember what I said about how we can become passive about obedience. That's passivity. I know to do right, but I just don't feel like it right now. Yes. I don't even think about it. Right, you didn't think about it because we don't run hard after it to become, we don't hate it. It's not a way of life. We don't hate it. We don't hate it. The traffic? No, not the traffic, the demonic hindrances. Okay, okay. I see. So you can relate it, yeah, that's like, but you know, not only that, but you were talking about, you know, like you had been, you've been off track with the, uh, with uh, what you've been eating. I've been the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, well, I'm gonna take a break. No yeah. breaks. I'm gonna take a break until No breaks. I, I see that now. Like, no breaks. You know, I see this thing where 
you know, it's, it's like uh, I'm beginning to wane, and you know, well, I could eat this, I could eat this. No, see, now what you're doing is you're continuing to talk it into existence. Okay, but you told me Sunday. Sometimes I said, eating stop. Sunday. You said, what are you eating? That's what something, you know, this person gave me, that you should be eating it. That's, that's the wrong thing to eat. But, now let's use that for a minute. The reason that it's the wrong thing to eat is because it's the gateway for you to go back into old habits. It was the thing that you always used to do. You know, you're you're a man. We know this. And because you're an unmarried man, women have a tendency, we'll either, we, we kind of, it's, it's not nice, but we do. We go, I'll just give it to one of those men. We'll do that. I bake this, I'll just give it to him. I'll just give it to him. Never thinking about what's, might be what you're doing. You know, it's like, oh, I know you're doing this, but hey, I just made 20 pounds of mashed potatoes, and I know you like potatoes, so here, they're filled with butter and this, that, and the other, just go for it, you know? And I'll, I'll just give you all of the stuff that I don't want in my house, um, but I'll give it to you because you're a guy, and it'll be all right. Because, I don't know why, we're not deliberately trying to sabotage you, but if you don't, have Dr. Baker talked about this last night? No, honey, I have a standard. Um, if somebody gives me candy, I'm going to give it away because I don't, I, you know, where do I give it away? In my office, you know this. Everybody knows you go in there. There's all kinds of stuff. It does not tempt me at all. It seriously does not tempt me. When I look at those really great desserts, even that cinnamon roll thing, my stomach kind of turns because I won't eat that. I could go in there and the guy, hey, you know, hello, I just, I don't want it. And I don't even try, even though there are keto recipes that I'm co we're coming up with for our cafe later, I don't even have an interest in going home and recreating all these different desserts all the time. I have yet to, to do any of those. Because God settled something and that one is X'd out in my life. It will never return. It's like a day on the calendar that is in the past that I will never have that day again and I keep it in the past. Other days we try to recreate. You know, 20 years ago on this day, this is what I did and I'm going to try to do the same thing today that it was something that wasn't good for me then but I'll just, I, I never killed it. Xed it. It's my ex. It's, it's not... Um, I, I, I have certain people in my life, used to be in my life, are no longer in my life, and will never again be in my life in that capacity. They will never again have that um, relationship with me because things have changed for them and things have changed for me, but mainly because God has already said, no, that's not it. And I don't try to bring them in. I have other people used to be the all that to me. They're, they're still precious to me, but they're not the all that to me. And the relationship is great because it's when it happens. We see each other or we don't see each other, and life continues on. But I found that in the kingdom, what we're supposed to do is live our lives with passion. Immersion is passion. I have such a passion for this kingdom and for obeying him. 
you know, for me, it's like another moment where the light came on. I shared with you all a few months ago when I found out about the rebellion that I had walked in, right? And I saw, I saw the character of King Saul, and I thought, oh my God. I'm, and I meant, oh my God, I, that's, I've been doing that. And, and so it gave me a revulsion, a, a, just a passionate hatred for ever walking in compromise like that. But, you see, you gotta push it all the way. And what happens is that if you don't and you become passive about obedience instead of zealous for this cause, that he's given me the freedom to, uh, and the grace to overcome, which means take the grace and run, baby, run, and go for this thing and finish this thing. I have been la, 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 yes, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, but there has been, up to now, no passion to finish, but I'm here to tell you, that has come. Well, let me put the difference when you said put some word passionately about what you're doing and what, what we do, because it, it definitely does make a difference, but when you were talking about the relationship and, and all the things that, that goes with it, that, um, and those people that were that were a part and now not a part, mm -hmm. it's the same thing I can see with the uh, the habits, you know, the stuff that we allow, the stuff that we do. Well, it's okay. Just we take freedom for granted. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and instead of uh, uh, relishing in the victory, you know, we tend to just you know want to. And I and I know it's just the flesh, just the the, the, you know, the excuses, whatever you know. Well, I, I could have one. It's not going to matter. It's but the lack of passion. What, I see what you're saying. It has to be with the passion and everything that we, we desire. Let me ask you a question. When you marry, mm -hmm. and when this beautiful woman of God comes along, and you are clear, as clear can be, that's the one. And you and she stand up before Dr. Baker, whoever performs your uh, ceremony. And you are one. Are you planning to cheat on her? No. How about, you know, you tell somebody else, you, you meet a cute little honey and say, well, no, no, I'm getting married, <laughs> but, but give me your number just in case this don't work out. No, it's not going to happen. Why? No. Why? Because How do you I, know? Because 
I had the freedom, but I did not have the zeal to say, I'm keeping this freedom that God has given me and I'm taking it to the finish line. He frees us to overcome. But we just think, oh, I'm free, I'm free. <laughs> but people, most of the time, the ones that shout free, they, they're not. We're not. Because we, didn't, we did not place value, the same value, the same blood price. We attribute that Jesus, his passion to give his blood, it needs to be our passion to take his blood. Do you see what I mean? Go ahead. Well, you, you, should be a, you should be at the state. I'm seeing since you've been talking. I said, what would make a person even think that they had opportunity to ask you something like that? You know, what would they have to see something in you? Or? No, it's usually something they see in themselves. <clears throat> well, yeah, I see. Yeah, you know, I make that suggestion. You know what I mean? Sure. So that's what I mean. Well, let me ask you something. What is the culture of the day? The culture of the day is not fidelity. Yeah, it's your thing. It's your thing. It's as long as we both show love. It's as long as, as we got the money. Hey, I wasn't in it forever. This is just kind of what I was doing. I mean, if people will, will, will actually pay somebody to kill their spouse because there's a $25,000 uh, life insurance policy, or uh, in one case, a very sad one, she had her. She killed her husband the night before the IRS was due to come to their company because she had embezzled a million dollars, and she didn't tell him about it. And she thought if he died, that the problem would go away. So she killed him. True story. You understand? So there, the the lack of in personal of character, and we don't have character apart from God. Even people that go, they don't know God, but they have, they walk with a stellar character. No, those are his, those are aspects of him. But they don't hold, they, 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 in some cases, it's even training. You know, certain eras of our, of our, in our country, you were raised a certain way. And the standards were such that, again, I'll go back to it, I, I, I like the way those Christians in that little church, in that little town, or whatever it was, I liked the way they acted. Their character was good, and I preferred, I didn't want to have anything to do with the religion, but I, I put up with a little fanaticism to have the fellowship of good people. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. That's how some people reason, because, and this is why we stay out of religion, but we walk in integrity. The passion, though, is a very important piece of it. And then you leave the results up to God. I'm just going to show up. I'm, I'm showing up. I'm ready. To be, and, and I'm going to tell you something. You all, you all exhibit a lot of that. Because you're here every week. You come on Sundays. You come on Tuesdays. You come on Wednesdays. You show up. You have Some of you, you join us online this way. You have a passion for more. I mean, you could, oh, I'll just watch it from home. I'll just watch it from home. I'm not knocking you if, if that's what you want to do. But I tell you what, there's an extra something that happens when you come to get it as opposed to when you wait for it to be. Most of you, you do stuff voluntarily that keeps you here well after everybody else is gone. You're not even on the ministry's payroll. And yet, look at you. You show up. So 
The same way you show up to do the task, you show up to do the word. Nobody obligates you to do this. You could quit anytime you wanted to, but you don't. You don't. You even do extra stuff. And I'm speaking specifically to this group right here. And some of you that are joining us online too. You go the extra. This is what immersion is. I take the extra. Now, if we, as we take this word and we do the same thing, and how do you do it? You go to God and say, how do you see me? i got about 10 minutes, so um, I want to I end with that part, <laughs> if I can. How, how do I do what you're asking? I'm going to learn to see my life through your eyes. This is one of the slides we had last week, and some of them I'll end up giving to you guys, but his plan and desire for your life is your validation. You remember me saying that? Yes. Okay. He knows what he's doing. This is what the scripture said. And this is your time to learn to trust him with everything that concerns you and yours. And that was a, a mixture of Psalm 138, uh, verse 8, and, and a couple other things. But this is living life from God's point of view. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know what I'm doing. That's what he said in the Message Bible. I know what I'm doing. Okay? I know what I'm doing. And... Um, 2 Peter 1.10. Let's go there. Before we got just a few minutes here. I, I, it's helping me, so I, I, I pray it helps you too. But thank you. These questions, I, I like doing Q&A better sometimes. Okay, so 2 Peter 1.10. Um, I read it out of the uh, Passion Translation, but here it's, Wherefore the rather brother give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, he said, you shall never fall. Now that's the way that particular um, Bible translated it. Let me go back real quick to the um, to the Passion Translation. I mean, to the, yeah, to the Passion Translation. Oh, that's right. I actually have it in that other one. Um, by the way, you can get the Passion if you have eSword, you can get the Passion Translation. It's free in, in, as a, as a download on an eSword. Just sharing that with you. All right. Um, <laughs> here it says, Second Peter uh, 1.10, it says, um, For this reason, beloved ones, be eager to confirm and validate that God has invited you to salvation and claimed you as his own. If you do these things, you will never study, uh, stumble. What are we saying? Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Well, the calling is only one calling. We're called into the kingdom. It's not your call to preach or your call to do this or that. That's not the calling. That, that's a different kind of call. The calling that we all have been given, there's only one. And what that is is come to me, come to the kingdom, come and repent, come and change, be a part of what I'm doing. Come and let me be a part of you, do you see? And, and so immersion is, is to, let, let's, let's sum it up like this. Total immersion in him is to recognize that he is in you. <coughs> He's in you. And to immerse is to fall back from being the one that's in the control of the reins of your life and let the one that is now dwelling in you lead you. I'm in him. And... Um, one of the scriptures says, you know, 
in him we live and move and have our being. I'm in him. And he's in me. So my immersion in him is, is really John 3, 3. I think it is where uh, John said, John, John the Immerser, he said, I must decrease so that he has the increase in me. He is the big picture of my life. He is, when you look at me, you see Jesus. That's immersion. Because in, in, in you do makeup and, and things of this sort. So say you want to do um, skin and you want to put a, a foundation on the skin. There has to be a blending. Is that right? Um, in order for the complexion, for the blemishes to disappear, when the foundation is put on, there's a blending process that takes place until the blemishes are hidden because they have been overcome, overtaken by the foundation. Is that right? Well, what happened? The blemishes were immersed into the foundation. And the foundation had preeminence in the appearance. Our blemishes, Jesus is our foundation. I'm not calling it makeup, but Jesus is our foundation. And when we become immersed in him, he overshadows. That's what this Bible says that the Holy Holy Spirit overshadows us. Let me give you that because that definition was awesome. You see it um, when he talks about Mary and when she said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me. Um, Holy Spirit overshadowed her. Um, here in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, the angel told her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon Here's the These were the words that were spoken. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Well, that word overshadow is the word episkiaso, which I've talked about before, episkiaso. And it means to cast a shade upon or to envelop in a haze of brilliancy, um, to invest with a, a, a supernatural, preternatural influence, um, to envelop in. So that's immersion, that we are overshadowed by the Spirit of God to the place that he has that preeminence. And what is in, what was in Mary eventually took over, came, came upon her or came within her and moved, extended her, changed her physical appearance, of course, and then she birthed it. And what happened? That the child that she birthed became her salvation. Okay. She birthed the word, and the word became her salvation. But the word was spoken first, and then impregnated her. And then she birthed it. She, gave, she brought it forth, and then it saved her. That's the way it works. Remember, the word comes first. And so the power, he said, when he told her that the power, the dunamis, the presence, the virtue, the ability, the miracle of God will come upon you. Uh, will overshadow you. You'll be enveloped in the miraculous. And then what you bring forth is holy. See, that's when we know it's immersed, immersion, because we're overshadowed. We decrease. He increases. Everything about us changes. We become almost um, violent. I don't mean it in, in the sense of causing harm to somebody, but we can all honestly become violent 
about these things. And I always use tall, blonde, and handsome because I meet a lot of tall, blonde, handsome men. So what can I say? Um, <laughs> but um, I, I'm, not, I'm not projecting. My husband is my husband or whoever. Okay. But one thing I can tell you, it's already in me to be faithful because I am faithful. And in the areas where I have not been faithful, what is in me, my capacity to be faithful, can now move forward and take a dominion over the areas where I have not been faithful. So that in every area of my life, I am faithful to him. You see, because that's the grace, the power of grace, where you overcome in one place then you can begin to overcome in others. I don't know that I was naturally born. I, I don't see the point of cheating. It just doesn't make any sense. But see, if I have a limited thought, a limited definition, let's just go back to that word intelligence as we, as we end this. If I have a limited vocabulary when it comes to a defining a certain word um, so that I say faithful and I think about being faithful in this type of relationship, of earth-to-earth -earth relationship, but I have to stop thinking about my, you, th stop thinking about your marriage or your, your any kind of interpersonal relationship as an earth-to-earth -earth relationship. It's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit relationship because it's the word that we speak that brings about the change. The spirit, my words, Jesus said, are spirit and they are life. So it's a spirit to spirit. My spirit says I am faithful. So in the areas where my flesh has not been, then my spirit says, ah, now you want to be spirit controlled. Well, all we have to offer is faithfulness. All we can give from the spirit realm is obedience. These are the things, and we have the passion to please the Father. So these things can happen quickly because it gives him the opportunity to bring about the dunamis, the miracle, the, the quick turnaround that gives him, Christ in me, the hope of God receiving glory. Can you see that? So there's some change that takes place tonight. Because I, I bless every single one of you. We're, we're finished for the night. But I bless you for your faithfulness to be here. And just as you are hungry enough to come um, in, in the dark or through the traffic and all of a sudden getting off work, not even getting to do your little round to get your hamburger or your pizza and chicken or whatever it happens to be, but you're faithful to come, then I, I bless you with the rewards for your faithfulness, that you will grasp hold of what is what we have been uh, receiving, what we received tonight from the spirit of grace, from the spirit of God, and that this um, lights your fire in the name of Jesus. So I want to thank you all for joining us. I'm Dr. Baker's Tuesday night program will be here in 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard. However, next Wednesday is the day before Thanksgiving, and I'm not asking folks to travel <laughs> I'm out here on that Wednesday night. So. Most likely I'm going to do a program from the comfort of my own home, or I'll give you the night off. I, I'm going to do it anyway, and then it'll be there um, whenever you, you watch it. So uh, we will not be here on next Wednesday night, but we are here next Tuesday night. 
for our Tuesday night chat with Dr. Baker. And we're definitely here this Sunday for the 9.45 and the 11.45 a.m. Biblical Solutions for Life, which we definitely invite you to come and be a part of. If you are in the San Jose area, we invite you to show up physically at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard, San Jose, California, 95131. You can call us at 408-945-4439. Our website address is www.astoundinglove.com. Org. Stay tuned because in about three weeks, I think it is, the website is going to take a dramatic change. So I, we're about to receive the tithes and the offerings, and uh, we have Dr. Baker's birthday coming up on the 3rd of December. And so those of you that have pledged and said that you're going to do what you're going to do, do it. All right? And we can, every single month week or week, you're always free to, to give into that because she has birthdays every single year. So, and we thank God that she does. I'm going to speak words of, uh, I lay hands on those of you that are having, uh, are experiencing sickness in your body. The Bible tells me that uh, Jesus said that we are able to lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. He said the only thing he required was to do it in his name. He said, and this is again from Mark chapter 16, that Jesus told them that these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will, shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So I lay hands on you now in the name of Jesus and say it is the will of God for you to be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We bless you, and we praise you. And I think that's pretty much I got all I got for tonight. But I'm specifically speaking to individuals with something in your body called diabetes. I lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. God wants you healed. And he's already made provision. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Okay. Let's go ahead and pray over these and then we are we're done for tonight. Thank you, Jesus. And write to us. That's the other thing. Our email address is contact us at astoundinglove.org. And you can feel free to give us your testimony because there are healings that have manifested tonight. Whether it's headaches, arms, pains in your knee, diabetes, cancer, whatever it is. God is not a respecter of persons. Healing is a sign. It is not a reward. So God wants you well. You know you do not have to belong to him. You do not have to be saved to be healed. It is the will of God for you. And if your fur goes up on that, shave it. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you don't have to have some message. I stand by that. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, friend. Father, thank you for the truth tonight. Thank you for your loving kindness and truth. And thank you, thank you. for Pastor Lonzine's way that she communicates it, for her transparency and for how her experience, Father, in yielding to you becomes a story that we can make part of our journey 
Thank you, Father, for this total immersion. That it becomes real, that we stay wet over the next few days until we meet again. We honor you, Father, with these gifts, with these offerings and tithes and gifts of love. And we believe that you receive them in light of our declared faithfulness this evening. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord has blessed you. The Lord keeps you. He causes his face to shine upon you. The entrance of his word brings light and understanding. And we bless you with God's astounding love. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.